Data has actually been mystified with, oh, it's very, very technical. It's really not. Brian, right now, you and I are having a conversation and we're exchanging data. It's about communicating and making sure that you're giving people what they want when they want it, because we are demanding that personalization and that level of service in our society. This is the biggest time of change and uncertainty in collegiate athletics. I mean, there's not an evolution going on. I think you're looking at a revolution. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Imagine for a second you work in college athletics, and every Saturday in the fall, you watch as 60,000 ticket-holding customers show up in your team colors to celebrate, cheer, and engage in your event. For the vast majority of us, we would see that moment as success. People from our target market want to be here. They are engaged with our product, enthusiastic, passionate. This is a dream scenario. We have product market fit. But there are others that see that situation differently. They see 60,000 fans at the game cheering and think to themselves, I'm not satisfied with this alone. I want to do more. I want to understand those 60,000 people. What makes their experience at game day unique? What do they like to do with the game? Can we streamline their processes and make them happier? Can we deliver on their expectations in real time? Can we service them in unique, personalized ways that makes them feel special and therefore more likely to have a positive experience and return the next time? Where some of us see victory, others see as only the beginning of the race. Everyone I know in the world of sports data and analytics has this tendency. They look deeper, trying to discover patterns. They are innately curious and never stop asking questions connected to improvement. Today's guest, Steve Hank, is no different. After working in college athletics at both Arizona State and UT Austin, he began working for SSB, an organization that leverages data to boost revenues, enhance engagement, and drive operational efficiencies in the sports world. If you are the curious type, always looking for new ways to work better and generate increased results, you're going to really like this conversation. Here's Steve Hank. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm so excited to talk to you. A lot of cool topics we can dive into today. Brian, really looking forward to it. Appreciate you having me. I know it's going to be a great time. So as we were kind of preparing for this conversation, I was was preparing for it. My first thought is, okay, SSB. It doesn't say a lot. I don't know exactly what you guys do. So why don't you tell me and tell the audience just a little bit of background into what SSB does? What what is your role in the sports industry and what do you guys do on a day-to-day? What we really do on a day-to-day is we enable our clients to actually maximize affinity across all of their constituent groups. We really enable our clients to gain a deep understanding of all of their constituents and allowing them to maximize their ticket sales, drive donations, build returns on their marketing campaigns, and really drive operational efficiencies. So how do we do that? We do that by providing a near real-time understanding of the health of their business, and we provide that by offering platforms that centralize all of the siloed data that is really out there in in sports in sports companies and sports organizations. Um, you have a lot of systems that sit resident in your 
ticketing, a lot of information and data that sits resident in your ticketing system, your merchandise system, your concession system, your parking system, your donation system. On university campuses, you have alumni lists that are out there, along with housing lists, student lists. All of that information um, needs to be centralized in one location to really be able to understand people and meet their needs, which is really what it all boils down to. So we take all of that information, drive it into a single golden record where we understand who that constituent is, layer over some very sophisticated predictive analytics that allows our clients to, again, maximize those ticket sales, build on donations, drive a return on investment on their marketing campaigns. And it's all done by maximizing workflows and then also um, by building affinity, building connections and affinity. So in in layman's terms, you're identifying habits and trends of people who may, game attendees, ticket buyers, people who buy at concession stands or whatever, you're understanding more about them so that you can then leverage decision-making for the, for the uh, athletic departments or teams and leagues? Is that kind of how it works? It is. We really provide deep insights into what it is with everybody, right? Because right now, data has actually been made to, has been mystified with this incredibly difficult, oh, it's very, very technical. It's really not. All data is is information. Brian, right now, you and I are having a conversation, and we're exchanging data. And you are collecting information when I'm, when I'm responding to your questions and we're having this dialogue. Each of us is collecting information on each other. A conversation is, is the exchange of information. When you do a transaction or you communicate via email or you click on um, a website, you're really having a conversation with that entity. So really, it's the same type of item. It's just an automated way and a different form of communication. So really what we do is we enhance the ability of our clients to communicate effectively with their key constituents and build relationships. Meeting their needs provides them with the outcome that they're looking for. Yeah. And by meeting their needs, you build a deeper relationship, which they support you more, which drives the outcome that you're looking for. Data is so interesting to me, and I, I would never claim to be a data whiz, and I think what you're talking about is making data more approachable to people. And I, and I find it a fascinating thing, though, because so often in the sports industry, we think of data as it relates to the player side, right? Like analytics, game performance, those kind of things. That's a, a little bit sexy. But really what we're talking, you're talking about in a lot of ways, too, is on the business side, on the revenue optimization side. How um, is, is that kind of that... Um, both-sided way of looking at analytics is that there's the player side, but then there's also the business ops side. Is that kind of where you come at it from? Absolutely. You, if you look at it, everything in life, everything in business is about one thing and one thing only, and that's really relationships. And in order to build a relationship with somebody, you have to understand who they are. And when you understand who they are, you're able to meet their needs. And when you're able to meet their needs, they're going to draw closer to you. It becomes a virtuous circle. And in yeah. that circle that the out, again, the need, when the needs of both parties are met, that's when the relationship really deepens. So, you know, it, it's about communicating and making sure that you're giving people what they want when they want it, um, delivering the right message to the right person at the right time. But in order to do that correctly, you have to understand who they are. In order to understand who they are, you have to centralize all of that information in those siloed systems so that you know that Brian purchases extra large t-shirts from the from the team shop, likes to, um, I don't know if you like cheeseburgers or hot dogs. Uh, I like it all. Or 
Rolf, seats one through four, graduated from the College of Communications on this date. So when you have that, you have a deep understanding and you can communicate with, with them relevantly. It's so cool. And you think about that, it's the personalization of the experience, you know, and really feeling like wherever you go nowadays, it feels like whether it's Amazon or to a sports event or to wherever it is, there's so much data being used to make my experience as a consumer more personalized and more fit to what I need. So it's so smart that the, the sports world is heading this way. Before we get deeper into the, that topic, I want to understand a little bit more about your role. You're the executive vice president at SSB. Great title, super jealous. I think that's cool. But what does that mean? What is your day-to-day like? What is, and I know, I know the day-to-days in the sports industry are never consistent, but what are your biggest priorities, those big overarching goals and objectives? I run our sports and entertainment and collegiate athletics business unit at SSB. So I'm responsible for our business development and the addition of new clients and also responsible for our client success and working with our, with our current clients to maximize the results from their use of the platform um, to obtain the outcomes that they are looking for. Um, spend a lot of time um, managing our team, working with our team, and spend a lot of time uh, with our clients on a day-to-day basis, developing joint impact plans and understanding um, what their goals and objectives are and giving them the best practices and key strategies they need to to get the outcomes that they're looking for. It's super cool. I mean, that sounds like a pretty fun job. I'm sure I'm sure you're very happy with this position. Like, but I was looking at your background and prior to SSB, you were on the college athletic side. You were on the, you know, the client side now. Right. Um, as you were the chief revenue officer and senior associate athletic director at UT Austin. And then so before that, associate athletic director at Arizona State, which you kind of referenced earlier. Was it kind of at this time when you were in the, you know, the business of college athletics that you identified, like, there's opportunity here we're missing. There are revenue opportunities that we can do more with, and there's, there's ways to grow this. And was that where you kind of got the idea, like, this might be my next move? Is that how it all kind of fell, fell in place for you? Exactly. Um, when I was at ASU, we were the first in collegiate athletics to actually implement a data warehouse, which is what our central intelligence platform does. Um, when at Texas, we also implemented one there with SSB. So I was a client of SSB at two stops before I actually joined the company. At its core, everything, again, about the line of work is about relationships and meeting people's needs. And we saw that trend at Arizona State very early. And you're seeing, as you just referenced, the trend of personalization that's occurring out there in the marketplace. We saw that really early and saw the deep need for it at both of those institutions. So while working with SSB and driving some very good results, um, they offered me the opportunity to come over five years ago. um, And I saw the opportunity and and, uh, jumped at the chance to help bring that type of platform to the other institutions across collegiate athletics and to uh, take it outside of um, just the places where I was working. So I get to work with a whole host of universities across the country on a daily basis now, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it is pretty exciting. So post-pandemic, we're not, I shouldn't say post-pandemic, we're not really post, but past that point where there's not as much revenue being generated from game day events because tickets aren't being sold and people aren't going to games. We're in a time period now where you guys seem like you are ideally suited because organizations lost a lot of revenue and now they're looking for creative ways to make that up. So it makes perfect sense that you guys are working with more than half of the Power Five athletic departments. 
and as well as a dozen teams in the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB. Like, it totally makes sense. But with that said, what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys face as you continue to explore this niche? Specifically in collegiate athletics, the biggest challenge right now is cutting through all the noise. Um, you know, the pandemic obviously has created a lot of challenges across collegiate athletics, and we're still experiencing a lot of that with some of the delays that you're seeing and the rescheduling of college basketball um, that's currently occurring. But you also have all the items like NIL, conference realignment, governance, um, the NCAA constitutional issues. Um, yeah. And then you also have a lot of other changes that are occurring, such as the real emergence of streaming and how that's going to be out there in the marketplace. And then um, one of the other challenges is that there has been a fair amount of turnover in the business and in the industry. The rate of uh, turnover at organizations has been um, almost double or triple um, what it was during my time when I was on campus for over 15 years. Um, but you really have to be nimble and able to react and pivot on a moment's notice. But you know, in my career, this is definitely the biggest time of change and uncertainty um, in collegiate athletics. I mean, there's not an evolution going on in collegiate athletics. I think you're looking at a revolution. Mm-hmm. And when you layer a pandemic on top of that, it makes for a uh, um, a pretty interesting time to navigate for everybody. So ex- expand on that. When you say a revolution, what do you see taking place there? And how is that going to get a- continue to change into the future? In terms of how it's going to continue to change in the future, I, I think that mm-hmm. course is being charted now, and I don't think anybody has a crystal ball that can tell you exactly what it's going to look like. Um, NIL is so new that people yeah. are working their way through, and um, we're doing that. The question is, will there be federal legislation um, that is going to come in and provide a standard for, for everybody to come through? I think a lot of people are looking um, looking for that for some answers there, but you have a lot of items: the transfer portal, NIL, um, governance, the college football playoff, college re- conference realignment, all coming at, to a head at the same time. Yeah, I think collegiate athletics had a period of stability um, for many years, up until about four or five years ago, when a lot of these issues really started to surface. Yeah, um, so. How it all ends up and shakes out, I think only time is going to tell. Um, but uh, and many of them are interwoven together. Um, obviously, the transfer rules, the transfer portal, um, and governance in NIL all weave together. Um, yeah. So it's creating a very interesting market for uh, for people to navigate. We'll see where it all ends up. I think NIL is fascinating. That's one of those, those subjects I've just been so interested in tracking because I mean, I go back 25 years in the industry and I remember Ed O'Bannon's fight and I remember all these battles by college athletes to say they're leveraging my name and likeness and making money off of it. Why can't I? And to see that come to a head after, you know, 20 years of discussion is so interesting to watch it play out. And I'm, I'm so curious about where we'll be a year from now or whether it's a bubble effect or like it's all just so intriguing to me and the whole landscape of, of sports business. But let's pivot for a second. You work with a lot of pro clients, but you also work with a lot of college clients. Is there a major difference in the way those audiences are approached? Are people the same as sports fans? Or is there some nuance there of of how um, pro teams approach things versus college teams approach things? There is a difference. And um, when you look at it, and if you look at all the studies out there about affinity that people have for their college or university versus the affinity they have for their pro sports teams, and don't get me wrong, the affinity that people have for their pro sports teams is, is fanatical. That's why, that's why, you know, the term fans came from the term fanatical, yeah. um, came in. 
Um, so <laughs> at, at, at a university level, it's not just about the athletic program. It's about the relationships you built with your colleagues and your friends and your fellow students when you were on that campus, or it's about a family relationship where mom and dad went to that institution and you grew up going to the games or you grew up meeting their friends from the dorm. So a university is, has a significantly deeper ecosystem um, from a student base to the athletics program, um, to the faculty, to the local community, to those, uh, to those elements. And, and that's why we also cross over and work with university advancement departments and, and driving and building affinity um, to that. I'm not responsible for that area of the business. I focus on our um, sports and entertainment and collegiate athletics practices. But um, at the university level, it's, it, it's considerably more complex for an athletic department. The other item is a professional sports team typically only has um, one team or franchise. The Chicago Blackhawks focus on hockey in the national and the national league in, in one team. And a collegiate athletic department can have, you know, upwards of 30 programs. And the minimum that you can have in division one is 16. Yeah. So, so it's a much more broad based program um, that covers um, a lot more territory and a lot more ground than just uh, than in a professional sports team. Makes sense. So, so often when I talk to people about the adoption of analytics and getting more data-driven decision-making going, there's some reticence, it seems, on you know some levels where they're like, okay, so you're going to dump a bunch of spreadsheets on me and a bunch of data, but what do I do with it? How important it is for you at SSB to say, not only here's the information, but here's a corresponding action plan. Here's what you can do with the information. How important is that in just the whole concept of analytics and data management to be able to say, it's not just numbers, there's action that comes out of this that can change your business. Exactly. And, and that's where um, there's a lot of complex data or work that goes on behind the scenes to clean, position, organize the data, and structure it in a way that it can be actionable. And quite frankly, that's what we do at SSB. We clean, position, and structure that data so that we can provide the insights to our clients that they can take action on to drive their business. Because at the end of the day, that's what they want is the, the insights and the understanding um, to be able to take tangible, um, tangible action that meets the needs of their customers. And by meeting those needs, they get to drive the tangible business results that they're looking for. Um, the additional income, the additional donations, the um, increased ticket sales, the increased show rate to sitting in your seats, and because it's all about driving that engagement to getting that fan, that constituent, that donor to engage um, with the institution at a higher level. So what we do is we take the complex and make it simple and provide those insights in a way that they can be actioned or they can be accessed quickly and easily and, and actioned upon um, by our clients where they can be proactive rather than reactive. Yeah, we say it all the time. The best tool is the one that you actually use, right? So it's yeah. like just getting the information and having it sit in a folder somewhere isn't good. But if you can structure in a way that it comes along with action plans and people can start to see that return on investment right away, Boy, I'd imagine the retention rates are pretty high and the customers keep coming back, the clients keep coming back because the results are obvious. But that's only if you set it up for them in a way that they can take action with it. Correct. It's about yeah. driving comes for our clients. Yeah. So in my experience, and you have deeper experience in college athletics than I do, but 
in my experience, when I talk to people in college athletics, they often lament the fact that our world, their world tends to be very segmented. And a lot of what you're talking about crosses over cross-functionally. You need to have the, the marketing group, the ticketing group, the sales group, the operations group, the merchandise group, all kind of working together. Are athletic departments, is that part of this revolution? Are, are athletic departments ready to shift holistically in their approach toward personalization? Are they, are they ready for this? Because it takes a lot of commitment on their edge and too, I would imagine. It does. Um, most are. They all understand the importance um, of the personalization and building the needs and understand that in order to execute at that level um, in today's society, because we are demanding that personalization and that level of service um, in our society. And so you're seeing the evolution and the change occurring within athletic departments um, right now. There also is, there is the need because of the changing industry, they're being forced to adapt. So um, people are changing and, and they're understanding and understanding that they have to work together and break down those internal silos. And those silos just don't occur within um, athletic departments. They also occur with other campus organizations and they are coming together and understanding the need to prevent, to present a unified presentation um, to their constituents. Because when somebody receives an email from their school, they don't view it as they're receiving an email from the Alumni Association, from the Athletic Department, from Student Services, from the Development or Advancement Office. They view as if they're receiving that message from the university overall and the university's brand that is represented. So that we are seeing that shift and change um, in the market, and it's occurring rapidly. Ten years ago, um, it was very siloed. Um, yeah. and seeing that breaking down, um, breaking down day by day. That's cool. That's, it sets a nice future path that you can start to envision and see it all really working together. And, you know, so much of it comes down to buy-in. And if you get buy-in at the client level and they start to say, okay, we can see how this would be helpful, that's going to make the whole process easier. But I personally, I love the fact that sports industry is becoming more data-driven in their business side. And uh, it's, it's really cool to see that growth. I'm, I'm curious, with your experience in college athletics, and at SSB, on a kind of broad lens view, you've worked with a lot of different types of people. You've probably seen a lot of young staffers grow and develop and be powerful within the industry. You've probably seen a lot of other people that flamed out or weren't quite as successful. As you kind of look back and you kind of analyze, because we have a lot of people in our audience that are looking to grow and develop and improve for the industry... What are those patterns that you identify? What are those traits or competencies that you see stand out for those that have become successful? And on the flip side, are there certain attributes that you see with those who don't really make it in the industry? In ter- I, th- I think in terms of the attributes, the people that display these will be, that I'm going to list, will display them, will be successful. And those who don't display them won't be successful. So I think it's the, the, the flip side. Um, yeah. But an intense desire to learn. Um, showing curiosity and wanting to get to the bottom of things is, is one of the things in the successful people that I've worked with, people that like to ask, ask questions to understand, not necessarily to ask questions to challenge, but to ask questions to learn. Um, and people that show an interest in others have been really, really successful, um, which leads to the next, the next one that I'd say it's a, it's a genuine care for others. 
And I don't think that applies to just the sports industry. I think that applies to business business overall, because life and everything does boil down to one thing. It boils down to the relationships that you have with others and having a genuine care for them and demonstrating that. Um, the leaders that I have worked with and the people that have been successful have that genuine care for others. Um, showing a grit and an ability to um, adapt and roll with change. Um, and especially in the collegiate athletics industry, there has been a lot of change. And there is going to continue to be a lot of change. And just sewing, showing grit, keeping your nose to the grindstone and saying, we are going to push through this and I'm going to help serve others um, and other people on my team. So showing grit. Um, but a, a big one also is, is loyalty and, and people that demonstrate loyalty and show that they're going to play for the name on the front of the jersey rather than the name on the back of the jersey, I think is absolutely critical. I mean, that was, gr that was great stuff. Thank you, Steve. That was really, love that perspective. And there's so much in there that anybody can parse out and apply to their own life and their own role and their own direction that they're headed. So those are the kind of fundamental things that'll make a difference for anyone in any career. Like you said, it's not just the sports industry. Those are almost like life goals, you know, like things that anybody, it works for anybody. I'm a big believer that the world of data and analytics is one of the biggest growth sectors in the sports industry. I think this area is going to continue to just grow and expand and grow and grow and grow, both on the player side and on the business side. So what advice would you share for the young person listening who maybe is saying, okay, that's something I want to aim toward. That may be somewhere I want to go in my career. What would you set them up with? What kind of advice would you give them to say, all right, great. Now while you're in college, focus here. Do these things. Set yourself up for success in this manner. If somebody wanted to get into a world like SSB. That's a good question. Um, I'd probably follow several, several steps. And number one, research the marketplace and the potential employers that do what you think you're going to want to do. Again, going back to being curious and being a voracious learner. Learn about the things that you think you might have a passion on. Do research and gain an understanding and, and try and find out what they're doing. Then go out there and talk to professionals. But one thing I don't think a lot of people do is ask for informational interviews. Um, just reach out and say, I'm not asking for an interview for a job. I'm just asking for an interview to learn. And I think that everybody in business has had people that have helped their career along the way and found people that have invested in them in a champion. And if you're professionally persistent in asking for someone's help and saying, I'm not looking for you to give me a job. I'd just like to learn more about what you do because I aspire to be you someday. Most people in the sports industry are willing to help and to, and to do that in that. Um, also, consider volunteering, interning, doing part-time work. Just get your foot in the door and then make yourself indispensable by doing whatever it is that people ask and going above and beyond. Be the first one to arrive and the last one to leave. Um, in that and just really show your passion and your dedication to the industry and your craft. Um, and again, you know, go get certifications and degrees in the field that you're looking at. So in data management, if you're looking to actually work and manipulate the data as a data scientist, go get, go get certifications there. If you're looking to be a developer to actually work on the back end and be able to build the platform, make sure that you get the necessary skills to be able to develop your career there. Or if you're going to manage and uh, if you're going to manage and, and work and drive the outcomes by providing the best practices to the clients and how to utilize that, make sure that you go learn and get those degrees and that certification in, in that aspect. 
Um, but the, the last piece of advice is to really focus on building your own personal brand and constantly understanding who you are and where you want to go and then constantly evaluate how that brand is being presented. Um, and the most important thing that I, that kind of has been a golden rule that, um, I've had for myself is, is just basically do what you say you're going to do. If you make a commitment, keep it. So that would, that would, would be the steps and the advice that I'd give to people trying to break into the industry. That's amazing advice. And that's perfect. And I, I, I think the personal brand point that you made there is really important. And that I don't think enough people realize that every time they reach out on LinkedIn, send an email, whatever, at, or at a conference, or they meet somebody, they are developing their personal brand. They are developing the way that they'll be seen by those of us in the industry. And every one of those individual moments needs to be taken seriously. And I think that's so important. Our world is pretty small, actually. Like the sports industry is robust, but the interconnectivity is crazy of how many people know each other. So that personal brand is so important to really focus deep on. I love that you brought that up amongst all the other great pieces of advice. Steve, this is amazing. I'm so thankful for this conversation. SSB is doing some really cool things and your growth pattern is, is off the charts. I love the data and the data management and the way that you're leaning in towards revenue optimization for these organizations. So important right now. So thank you for coming on and sharing so much of what you guys do and, and a little bit of your personal story as well. Right. Brian, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Look, I couldn't bring this up during the actual interview itself, but I am very jealous of Steve's voice. Like he had this commanding voice. I've got a fancy microphone and I try to project really deep, but it does not work. Steve had that natural voice that you just wanted to listen to. I really appreciate him coming on and I was just enthralled as he got deeper into the data and just said it with so much conviction. Like it just, urgh, that power, I loved it. Guy could have been an opera singer too. He just had that deep, deep baritone, loved it. Uh, thanks so much for Steve for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. I learned a lot from that conversation. I like these analytics conversations because it's not a world that I spend a ton of time in, but I love digging deeper into how you can affect your decision-making through data. That's a direction we are headed. There are tons of opportunities in this world. I hope that many of you listening got intrigued by the opportunities that could be out there for you and saw that there's things in data and analytics outside of just player side. There's revenue side, there's business side analytics, and those are really growing fields. So keep that in your consideration set for, for possible career paths for you. Thanks you all for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Continue to help us grow. That's important. And uh, I just appreciate every single one of you. So thanks for listening. 